misplaced snobbery and, and misapprehension and misunderstanding about what community colleges do and what they are. If we can eliminate that barrier, you know, our students are, and our graduates are going to be in that much better shape. Community colleges are probably better positioned than any institution, higher education institution, to change people's situations, to change a community, to change the economics of a community. You get a quality education at a community college. Don't let anyone tell you anything less than that. So wherever you're going in life, I feel that community colleges can help you to get there. They provided me quality preparation to help me to reach to where I am at right now. It's to change the conversation that it's not a this or that, that the four-year degree, the two-year degree, technical trades, those are all options. Those should all be on the table, and we have to get away from this idea that, you know, one is better than the other. Welcome to the Hashtag NCC Stigma Podcast Project. I'm Steve Robinson, president of Owens Community College in Ohio, and this is episode one of our podcast dedicated to ending the unfair stigma placed on America's community colleges. This is a four-part series of podcasts that is designed to amplify the voices of people from across the country who are using social media to create a more accurate view of community college and technical careers. On this episode, we hear from a number of community college faculty members, staff and administrators, and most importantly, community college students. Guests on the episode include Matt Reed, Marquez Abercrombie-Williams, Tanisha Baca, Lillian Velasquez, Josiah Latant, Daniel Hooven, and Aaron Gullius. I begin by talking with Matt Reed, who helped launch the campaign by writing about us in Inside Higher Ed. I am delighted to be talking to Matt Reed, who's Vice President for Learning at Brookdale Community College and author of Confessions of a Community College Dean and Inside Higher Ed. How are you doing, Matt? Great. How are you? I'm excellent, and I'm really delighted that you are going to be the first guest on this little podcast project, because I think you had a lot to do with kicking off the the whole end CC stigma thing that's going on right now. So what what kind of resonated with you about seeing this hashtag and seeing this issue come back that that uh, you know made you want to write about it? It's a, something I keep bumping into. Um and it comes up in weird and unexpected places. Mm-hmm. Um for example, New Jersey Monthly, which is a, a popular magazine here, mm-hmm. uh does rankings of high schools. Okay. And one of the one of the criteria that it uses in ranking high schools against each other is the percentage of students who go directly to a four year college. Oh, I see. So, so we don't count as success in that. No, we we actually count against a high school. That's crazy. And, yep, and the principals are aware of that and come under pressure. And you know, so it, it's and a number of of you, you hear that kind of thing a lot, and it, it's unhelpful. Well, and I have a follow-up question about it. So, so you're, you're now um, chief academic officer at a community college. You must talk to these superintendents and these journalists. What do they say? <laughs> They're sympathetic. Okay. Um, but at the same time, they have many masters. Right. And they're, they're pulled in many directions, and I have to kind of honor that. So, you know, we, we try to find ways to work with people, mm-hmm. um, dual enrollment being sort of the easy example. Right. 
um, because that way that the student can get community college credits, but then go directly to a four-year school as far as the outside world knows. Right. So the, these are, when you're, when you're saying dual enrollment, you're talking about the high school K-12 students taking classes with you before they graduate. High school students, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, I have a follow-up question about that list. So is that a, who, who's in charge of that? Is it a media outlet or? or? Yeah, yeah, it's a magazine. Yeah, well, that makes, I mean, I don't know if you've had this, seen this in your career. No offense, because I know you're sort of a journalist with your blog, but it's <laughs> it's hard to get um, complex or nuanced higher ed stories through to journalists. Like uh, enrollment is a great example. I mean, they're they're interested in total headcount enrollment, and you know, you doing the work you do at a community college are you know probably spending most of your time talking about completion and retention, and that's right. a hard 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 story to get across. Interesting. So, can you think of any other examples of that of the stigma kind of popping up? An anecdote. Um, graduation rates. Mm-hmm. I, I really get tired of having to explain that, you know, 26%, 27% graduation rate is actually above average. Yes, it is. I, I would, I'd like to have that. Have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you fold but in, when you fold in transfer, outside, that sounds terrible. No, it does. It does. And so when you fold in transfer, you must be higher. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah. And so trying to explain that, uh, is, is difficult. So, you know, you, you've got this great blog that a lot of us love to read, and you obviously care about this issue. What, what makes you proud to be you know, a, a community college person? And this is where you've chosen to do your career, your you know, um, mm-hmm. g- g- academic lead at your school. Why are you so proud to be at a community college? I kind of backed into it. Um, I went to grad school expecting to do the, you know, tenured professor at the liberal arts college mm-hmm. thing, but the liberal arts colleges weren't hiring. So I found myself at DeVry of all places, mm-hmm. <clears throat> a for-profit, right. um, first as, as faculty. And then after a few years moved into administration and after moving into administration in a for-profit, I noticed very quickly sort of the way that decisions were made. Um, the profit motive always won. Right. That was the, to use the phrase we're not allowed to use anymore, that was the trump card. <laughs> so I, I got progressively more disenchanted and started looking at other opportunities. And the first one that came along was County College of Morris in North New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, I really liked um, the ethics of it. I really liked the clarity of the mission. Right. And let me, let me explain that. A lot no, of people no, don't I, get that. No, but, I would love to. I would love to hear more. Um, four-year schools often, not always, but often have a mixed mission. They're there for academics. They're also there for sports. They're also there for the college experience. They're there for a whole bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. Community colleges teach. Right. Right. Period. Full stop. You know, they teach different things, but they teach. So, you know, at that County College of Morris and then later at Holyoke and now at Brookdale, we don't have dorms. We don't have football. We teach. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Well, you're in there, and co- I really like that. Well, I do too. And you know, of course, there are community colleges who have some of those things, dorms and yeah. football. But I think you know, you've put your finger. Oh, are we being uh, joined? Sally. Oh, that's so great. What's what's the dog's name? 
Sally. Sally. Hey, Sally. She's got. Sally yeah. wants to end the stigma against community colleges. I yeah. can tell. Well, someone drove past and she's defending the homestead. That's important. <laughs> well, we're def- yeah. we're defending ours, right? When I, the, one of the things right. I love about this is we are kind of you know uh, speaking up and. Uh, so, the, but one thing I wanted to kind of underline about what you said is that's a that's a faculty role too, right? Because and I spent 15 years in the classroom as a full-time community college faculty member, and unlike my counterparts at at research universities, you know, teaching research service, you're exactly right. Um, you know, your contribution is in the classroom. Doesn't mean there aren't. Um, you know, uh, researchers at community colleges, but the primary thing is teaching, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we hire folks for that. And it's such a contrast from my experience in grad school. I went to grad school at Rutgers. Mm -hmm. And my my, right before my first class as a teaching assistant, Mm -hmm. my third year of grad school, I said to the professor whose class I was TAing, you know, I'm nervous. I don't know what I had a couple of recitation sections. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. What should I do on the first day? Because there had been no teaching training. Right. And he looked me in the eye and he said, "You'll be fine." That and was that your was the onboarding. Of my training. That was your that onboarding. Was my training. Yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. So the the students I taught um, got a twenty three year old TA who had no idea what he was doing, and they were paying a much higher price than the students ten miles up the road at Middlesex County College, who had a full professor and twenty five students in the room and all of that. I couldn't help but notice the difference. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> absolutely. Well, you know, I tell a version of that story to folks in the community who aren't connected to our institutions, and it's something that they, it, you can see a light bulb go off. They're like, oh, yeah, I guess that's right. It never occurred to me because a lot of them had uh, experiences at four-year colleges. So I, th- I think that's super important. So you probably have been in this situation I'm going to ask you about, but if if you you know were at a cocktail party or a community mm-hmm. gathering where somebody said, "Oh, Matt's a community college guy. Give us your best, um, your best uh, shot at why we should consider your institutions." W- what would you tell people? Well, aside from affordability, which obviously matters, right? Um, we specialize. Any place that does one thing is going to get pretty good at the one thing that it does, or it's going to die. Ah, we teach. <laughs> That's, we don't do research the same way that a research university does. We don't do football. We don't do high-profile sports. We don't even do residence life, although I know some of them do. Right. We teach. So we hire people who are good teachers, and they get very good at teaching introductory courses because they do it a lot. And we focus all the professional development around teaching. It's all about teaching. So, okay, you're not going to have football Saturdays but you are going to have amazing classroom experiences and they're going to be affordable and they're going to be local. Sold. I'm ready. Sign me up. (laughs) Enroll me. No, I love that because it's sort of a Jim Collins hedgehog principle, right? Do one thing really, really well. And and it's uh, teaching. And, you know, uh, in, in my universe, that would be the, the, the thing I'd want to do best. So that that's very cool. I bet you would uh, convert a lot of people in that. <laughs> I try. So, so before we end the conversation, I just want to thank you for getting this going. I mean, I think that uh, the, the our folks in the marketing department kind of tracked like the, I'm really new to Twitter. So like the likes and retweets and stuff, and oh, they're yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty flat until you got involved. 
And then um, and a lot of people read your blog, and it was a great entry. And so I was, um, I felt like we were doing something Socratic when you like you wrote a blog, and and then I wrote on my blog in response. It seemed like a sort yeah, of like a postmodern. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know what you'd call it. We it's were telling, right? Yeah, yeah. We were we were talking. <laughs> yeah. We were talking. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so um, I really appreciate you talking to me, and uh, we'll see you out there on Twitter when we try to end the stigma against our institutions. Absolutely, fight the good fight. All right, thanks a lot, Matt. Thanks, Steve. Well, I have the great fortune to be talking to Marquez Abercrombie Williams. He's told me that his friends call him Quez, gave me yeah. permission to call him <laughs> Quez. How you doing, Quez? I'm good. How about you today? I'm great. I'm great. So you're a community college student. What are you studying? I'm studying engineering, actually. Engineering. Very important field. What do you like about being a community college student, Quez? Um, well, coming from um, the background that I have, you know, it was always a push, push, push. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, most people expected me to go to a four-year college to start off. I didn't really want that road um, through my entire school history. I've really been in, like, you know, a higher-end school, private mm-hmm. school. So I kind of just wanted to, you know, step down for a little bit. It's cheaper coming to a community college, you know, smaller class atmospheres, more of a um, more of a friendly, friendly face-to-face type of environment, you know, um, you get to sit there and, you know, your teacher actually gets to know you for you instead of you just being a number. Your teacher can tell who you are by your face. He doesn't have to hey say, hey, uh, what is your name again? You know, so it's um, it's it's a lot. Of, it, that's important to me. I want to feel like I'm somebody or something to a teacher, because if I have a better relationship with my teacher, I'm have a better relationship learning and taking in my information. That is awesome. So if I heard you right, uh, the environment here at a community college is more similar to that private school environment that you were used to. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Now, before coming here, did you hear any negative or bad things about community colleges? Well, um, actually, like I said, I was at a private school and, you know, everybody had that push to do like bigger and greater things. So a lot of actually people that I graduated from high school with didn't go to community colleges. I'm probably one of the small few that did. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't even go to college like right after high school. So I took um, almost two years off. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a was a big, you know, it was a gap for me, you know, so getting back into school was kind of, you know, a struggle at first. Uh-huh. But you can um you can sit there and you can really, you know, look at yourself and find out who you are at this community college level. And it's just really a good place to, you know, if you're in that atmosphere where you haven't done anything for a while, you can get back to who you are and get back to the learning environment. It's just really good. That I couldn't agree more, and I'm delighted to hear that's what your experience has been. If you could go back in time and talk to those students um, who are considering college, what would you tell them now about a community college? What would you tell those students about community college? Don't count it out. <laughs> Don't count it out Why? at all. Why? One... It, it doesn't matter if, you know, your parents graduated from this big school, your friends are going to this big school. Look at it like this. You're going to be somebody here. Your name is going to be known. Um, you're not going to have those stressful, stressful environments of, you know, not being able to um, get to sit down and learn anything with somebody in your class or sit down with your teacher and have times you got to, you know, everything's more relatable here. Um I would really can say consider a community college because it's cheaper. 
on top of that, you're going to save probably a lot more money than you will at a, starting at a four-year. And basically, college is college, you know? You learn for the vast majority of your beginning part of your college, you learn the same stuff everybody does. So why not knock it out for cheaper? <laughs> so, Quez, I couldn't have said it better. That was awesome. <laughs> Look, thanks for taking some time to talk to me. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I'm super excited to be joined by Tanisha Baca, who is faculty in communications and world languages at Glendale Community College in the Maricopa District. Tanisha, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm so glad you joined this conversation, and it's been great to connect with you on Twitter. I'm dying to know, what is it about this campaign that has resonated with you? Well, this campaign really resonated with me because it really hit me personally because I I personally feel like I am a product of uh, of a community college education. Uh-huh. That is where I got my start. I am really proud of the fact that I started at a community college. I feel like it was one of the best decisions of my life. So it really hits home when I hear about stigma against community colleges. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I take it personally, me, because yeah. that was where I got my start and many students got their start and just some of the negativity that um, still follows students to this day, which I still find find to be really surprising that the stigma still exists Um, and that we're still having these conversations, but these are conversations that need to be had. Uh, But uh, it really resonated with me because I started at a community college by choice. Right. am Am I seeing this right? You, you are now teaching at the institution where you started. Yes, I, I am currently now residential faculty, where it's considered full-time faculty at Glendale Community College, but I started there as a student, so that for me was home base. Yeah, well, what's that like? That's got to be such a great feeling. Or, well, well, talk to me about it. Well, what's, it what's it like to be full-time faculty where you started? It feels great. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's honestly a great feeling. Some of my best experiences in, in just in my life in general was at that college. Uh-huh. And I truly feel that one of the reasons why my experience was so rich was because of the faculty and staff and students who were there. So I feel like this is my opportunity to give back in the same way that they gave to me. And so now they're, your, like now they're is, your colleagues, right? Yeah, now, now we're, we're colleagues. So some of the some of the professors who were my professor at that time are now my colleagues. So it's great. That is great. That is great. And so it's wonderful to hear how passionate and I share your view. I mean, you would think that a stigma like the one we're talking about would have like a a half life and die out after a while. And it it seems not to have. I share your view. Can you give me an example or an anecdote about how you've seen the stigma kind of pop up in your experience? Oh, yeah. Uh, I Let's see. I enrolled at GCC around 2001. That was when I graduated. Okay. But before even enrolling, I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine about my decision to actually go to a community college as opposed to going straight to the university that I was accepted to. Mm -hmm. And he didn't necessarily understand why, because he was like, well, you're a good student. You're a great student. Why wouldn't you start there? there that's an opportunity for you to go you could get scholarships but i i felt like that this was the right decision for me Mm -hmm. but even that response i i found particularly surprising that that someone would have that opinion or that thought of a community college so i i thought well why why wouldn't i go to a community college 
So, but that was kind of one of the experiences that I experienced before I even enrolled at right. GCC. So your so your experience what I hear you saying is so this this person you're having this conversation with they they knew that you were accepted to and had the opportunity to attend uh, a, a school other than a community college and they're just sort of scratching their their head about like why why would you do that? Right. Huh. It kind of and it it kind of gave me this feeling like it was like a step down. Uh, right. Like why right. Mm-hmm. why would you go over there? to that community college when you can go over here to a university that you have been accepted to. They just didn't necessarily fully understand that. Right. Well, interesting. So, you know, in your career, I mean, you've obviously, you know, you come full circle, you started at Glendale, now you're faculty there. You're obviously proud of being a community college educator. What is it that you find rewarding about this uh, calling of of teaching at at a community college? I think what I find most rewarding is representing what could be someone's future, even if you start at a community college. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. So to me, it's really rewarding to be really rewarding to go into the classroom and see students who really remind me of myself when I was younger. Wow. That that uh, that student who is. Which, which our population really is, which are first-generation college students, female, uh, minority students. Mm-hmm. I mean, across the board, I, I see myself reflected in them. And when I stand in front of the classroom, I think to myself that this, to me, is their reward to be an example and to be a representative of, of being someone who started at a community college and you can still have quality, worth, and value in your education and still go somewhere in your life. I mean, granted, at the same time, we're, we're all, I think as students, mm-hmm. we're working towards the same goal, which is a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. We're all going to get there in different ways, but we're still going to get to the finish line somehow. So this was just the path that I had chosen. So to me, the greatest reward is being able to, to give back to these students and show them, hey, you can do it too. Don't let people make you feel bad for coming to a community college. You know, you're not less than anyone else. You are still Uh, a student and a scholar and you're here and that's what matters that is so powerful to me i mean just hearing i've got goosebumps hearing you talk about that now i do because here's what i'm here's what i'm thinking about while you're telling that story such a powerful story about yourself looking at your students right seeing your earlier self reflected in them but you must be aware of the fact that the inverse is true right that they're looking at you and they're saying hey I, I could be, I could become a college professor. Look, she, right. she did it. She can help me do what I want to do. So what you're explaining from your own perspective is equally true from theirs. Right, right. Very true. Well, I just, to me, that's what we're all about. And, and uh, you've got like the best job in the world. Teaching it to your college is so cool. It was the most rewarding. I, I love what I'm doing now, but I loved my time in the classroom and particularly that lens that you talked about, about um, letting the students know the, the range of possibilities for them and being a personal example. That's, that's phenomenal. That what, what you said right. about that. I, I really appreciate that. Now you've probably been in this situation I'm going to ask you about, but 
you know, as, as community college folks, we're sometimes called upon to speak for the whole, you know, all 1,200 of us. So if you were at an event where someone said, hey, Tanisha, you, you teach at a community college, give us your best case about why we should uh, have our kids or our neighbor's kids consider community colleges. What, what, would, your, uh, what would your argument or presentation be? Uh, well, one of my arguments would be uh, that you can, you get a quality education at a community college. Don't let anyone tell you anything less than that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I'm a great, I think I'm a representation of that. It's like, hey, this this is an opportunity and you could see me reflected in that. Uh, but if I was to give like a quick elevator yeah. pitch, mm-hmm. my statement would be that at a community college, you can get quality preparation for your elevation. Oh, I love it. It rhymes too. Say it one more time. Yes, uh, quality preparation for your elevation. So wherever you're going in life, I feel that community colleges can help you to get there, maybe as a stepping stone or maybe help you get to the finish line. Uh Because I think the great thing about community colleges is that I feel that community colleges have a come-as-you-are focus. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we we have like this, this open door of access Mm -hmm. and we do our butt our best Mm -hmm. to try to provide the support and the resources that are needed for the students who come to our door. So, uh, and like veterans, uh, students who are coming out of high school, parents who are coming back to school, it's just like a really, really wide range. And I believe that we do provide quality because some of my best instruction came from a community college, honestly, right? Uh, not, not downplaying or, or saying anything negative about the university that I transferred to. I, I got a great education there as well. Right. But I felt that at the community college, it really, they provided me quality preparation to help me to reach to where I am at right now. To help you elevate, right? That's what, to help, I love, to help to elevate. If you haven't yeah. copyrighted that, you should. It's awesome. Preparation uh, for your elevation. I'm almost thinking of, you know, a melody for it. It's a great phrase. Yeah, yeah. I should make it a t-shirt. You totally <laughs> should. You totally should. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, look, I, Tanisha, I got to tell you, it's really cool to talk to you. It's uh, You're the first faculty voice in this conversation on the podcast. It's such an important lens. Thank you for what you do for your students. Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity to share on this platform. I think this is wonderful. Well, we'll just keep it going because, you know, we just got to keep the message out there and uh, I'll see you out on Twitter. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Thank you. I'm really happy to be talking to Liliana Velasquez as a community college student. What are you studying, Liliana? Business administration. Business administration. It's a great major. What do you like about being a community college student? Um, I actually used to attend a bigger school than this, mm-hmm. and I actually liked the tran- like the transfer from the bigger school to here just because, like how Taylor was saying, it's the teachers all know you. It's not you're not in a class with a hundred over a hundred students, and just you're just a part of the classroom. Like mm-hmm. you're engaged. You you actually want to participate just because there's every you know you know you're going to be heard and um, yeah I just like the environment. That's good. Well, being wait, I mentioned in what you said about being heard. That's important. You you people want to have their voices heard. Mm-hmm. So speaking of hearing things, have you heard any negative things about community college since you've been a community college student? What what negativity have you heard about it? 
I think, to be honest, the reason why I attended the bigger school before I came here was because of that, that uh, I don't even know what the word is. But well, we're calling it stigma. It's yeah, that stigma. stigma. That yeah. stigma. Mm-hmm. That of community college means you're not as smart or you're you can't you can't go to a bigger school so because i had the opportunity to actually play uh play at another community college before i went to the bigger school but i said no because i don't want to go i don't want to be the one person that's going to a community college but i mean now that i look back at it i'm glad i took the route i did so i could end up here but I, i i think i had it all messed up in my head and i let other people dictate what i did that is so smart, because that's what I was going to ask you. Clearly, you, your head was in a place where the community college was a lesser than option, mm-hmm. and you changed your mind. Yeah. So wh- what was it that helped you change your mind? The love of basketball, actually. Um, I wasn't playing basketball at the bigger school. I wanted to try out for the team, but I needed to I, – I, I had a really bad injury my senior year. So okay. I needed to be realistic with myself, and I needed to – Community college is a great segue between the high, the high school and then college, mm-hmm. bigger schools, like that competition. So coming to Owens was a really great decision for me. I'm, I'm really glad I did that. Fantastic. So if there was a group of students who were thinking where you were before, when they think, where am I going to go to college? Is community college an option for me? What would you tell them? I would tell them, don't, don't listen to what other people are saying. Like, really think about what's best for you and go with it. I would definitely encourage them to do that. Thank you so much, Mm Liliana. You're welcome. Well, I am super happy to be talking to Josiah Latant, who is the acting chief diversity officer and the dean of students at Minnesota State College Southeast. How are you, Josiah? I'm good, Steve. How are you? I'm excellent. I was so happy to hear from you on Twitter because it sounds like this hashtag NCC stigma campaign has really resonated with you. Why is that? Well, I was so happy to uh, stumble across it and and see the work that you are doing and that others are jumping onto mm-hmm. um, because it, it's just it really resonates with me, um, certainly for my position here at the college um, and and just as an educator as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I've been thinking that the last few months I'm just seeing more and more pieces out there uh, in the news about the, the need for, um, you know, technical education and the possibilities of two-year degrees. And there is such a stigma still attached to that. And um, so I was thrilled that you are leading the way, helping to shed some light on that and uh, jumped on the hashtag bandwagon. Well, and, and it's fun to have a bandwagon like that, isn't it? Because you're, you're, you're onto something there. there. There are more and more national stories about the fact that we've probably thrown the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to technical careers and uh, anything other than a, you know, mom and dad pulling the station wagon up to the dorm after you graduate mm-hmm. from high school, right? Right. That's right. We've, we have, and, and I come, you know, from a background of, I worked at a uh, a four-year liberal arts school for a decade. Okay. I loved my work there. Mm-hmm. It's um, important and, work, right? And we're not putting down those schools when we have this conversation. Well, and that's just it, is that, and I myself am the product of, you know, my, my bachelor's and master's are both from liberal arts schools. Mm-hmm. So it's not to say, it's to change the conversation that it's not a this or that. It's both. Thank it's you. That, the, the, the critical need that when we are talking with, um, you know, 
future college students about pathways that the four-year degree, the two-year degree, technical trades, those are all options. Those should all be on the table, and we have to get away from this idea um, that, that is so deeply entrenched and not even necessarily said as such, but that, you know, one is, is quote unquote better than the other, or more of a degree, or or will even you know I think the biggest uh, misnomer is will lead you to more money. Um, I, you know I have friends who who have a, a two year degree who are working in manufacturing or in trades who are making plenty more dollars than I am. Um, Isn't that so, the you know, truth? That's not, that's not necessarily accurate either. Well, right. Well, you said something that I kind of want to rewind and and underline. Uh, I want to make sure I got the words right because it was so well phrased. It's tell me again. You said it's not this or that. This or that. It's right. It's it's not when we sit down. And I worked most recently for for a number of years with high school students, mm-hmm. um, and so talking with them about options at the school that I ran, one of our our key approach was always college is not necessarily for everyone, but it is an option for everyone. Right. Um, and so as we talked with our students about that, the the nuanced part of the conversation once we got into the college part is is not only is college an option for you, what kind of college? There's lots of options. That's so that's it's smart. About options. Well, I love it. So, it, you know, if I could paraphrase a bit, it's it's almost like a both and rather than either or. Not that it's either a career in the trades or you go to college. I mean, one of the things that we see in a lot of our institutions is some of these technical trades-based uh, careers, be, they they carry a lot of transcripted college credit, including degrees. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. Yeah, well, That's fantastic. Right. Well, you know what? Um, it's because you've been paying attention to this, I'm sure this has happened to you. Have you seen uh, an example or an anecdote about this stigma, the way it speaks out in the culture? Because you you made an interesting point just now. You said maybe people don't consciously, you know, say it, but it comes out. So what have you have you seen it? Have you seen any like cultural artifacts of this stigma out in the world? Yes, all the time, everywhere. Can you <laughs> give me an example. Why. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, the, the, the one that comes most to mind um, for me, so I've been here at Minnesota State College Southeast since October as the dean of students, um, and it was really important to me. I took a, a hiatus from higher ed to, to run my uh, high school that I ran. Mm-hmm. Um, when I decided to go back into higher ed, it was really important to me that it was at a community or technical college, um, and I happened to find a community and technical college. Very um, cool because I am just ever increasingly concerned about accessibility to higher education and right. the, you know, the, the, um, the, the higher ed model as a whole, the private higher ed model in particular, is just not sustainable right. um, and it's not accessible. And um, so that's how I landed here. However, my example takes me back to when I was working with high school students um, and working with them. We were a very small school called uh, Lighthouse Holyoke, uh-huh. um, focused on personalized education for teens. And so everything that we did was, you know, we met each student where they were at. So parents were very involved as well when they could be and were able to be. Very cool. Um, And so I think about conversations I had, and there's one in particular in my mind, as a student, um, sophomore, junior, is beginning to think about college. And I'm thinking about a conversation I had with a student and his mom. And just, you know, the student before he came to us, had never even considered college, and that was something that he was thinking about, which was very exciting. He didn't really quite know what he wanted to get into, but this was a student who just thrived with hands-on and had really, you know, the students that came to Lighthouse came there 
because for a variety of reasons, but for all of them, the traditional model didn't work for them. Mm-hmm. And with this student, you know, he he would do, um, you know, projects uh, on his own, um, all sorts of um, sort of handcrafts and wood carving and uh, and all sorts of other things. He's like a um, maker. Really su- yes, mm-hmm. yes, that's exactly. Well, and it's funny you say that because he spent most of his time in our maker space. Um, so really cool. succeeded at hands-on so classes. Cool. So as we started talking about college, and he was my advisee, so I knew a lot about what some of his struggles in traditional school had been. Um, you know, we started talking about uh, what what the options were, and we started talking about technical college. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as I talked to the student with, with his mother, with some other people, some advisors, there was definite hesitation, like, okay, this kid's thinking about college, great, let's get him on the four-year track. And my my comment wasn't that's good or bad. My question was, so why? To what end? Like, what is? What are we trying to accomplish? Right. There are certain goals, certain careers where that, yeah, that makes sense. That's great. I love four-year colleges mm-hmm. and liberal arts schools and 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 you know state universities. But again, to me, it's coming back to that choice. Let's not start from that assumption. If we're talking about college, here's the options on the table. What's a better fit for you? And so I sort of posed, well, you know, based on what I'm seeing and what we've talked about and all these examples, I want to recommend that, sure, we can look at that, but let's also look at uh, technical college. Mm-hmm. And there was just a sense in the conversation of that that is not as good. Right, that, like you had thrown cold water on this idea of going to college. Yes. Well, if he's, you know, he's, uh, I'll give you an example of a comment. Well, I, you know, I think he's capable enough to go to a four-year school. Right. There's there's number one that's wrong. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Equating uh, going to a community college or tech school. I think that's part of what's so deeply ingrained um, is this idea that it's not as much or it's, um, you know, sort of an, an old-fashioned concept of, well, I guess if you can't get in, that's your backup. That's what you can do. Um, when, in fact, you know, especially when it comes to trades and tech, we are best equipped to train and prepare students um, yes. to succeed in, in there. And so that, that, but it was just so pervasive, that sense that four-year colleges uh, was a better pathway to success. And now being steeped in uh, community and technical education every day here at, at Southeast, um, not only do I see the incredible, so, you know, when we're a small college, we've got 1,300 students, uh-huh. but um, the incredible facilities that we have, but also the partnerships with industry exactly. that we have. Exactly. Right? So students are able to make connections to find, um, you know, hopefully they want to, many of them want to stay in the area to find local jobs. Um, where we're located, uh, we have a campus in Winona, Minnesota, and, and another campus in Red Wing, Minnesota. We're steeped right out, right along the Mississippi in in manufacturing, in agriculture. Um, th- there's there's so much uh, expertise and experience that a student can get hands on. Um, and you can so, get those and, students plugged into that a lot faster than than other higher ed institutions, can't you? That's right. That's yeah. right. And so how did that conversation end? Uh, so so it, it sounds like you did the counterfactual. You 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 started teaching, saying you know here here's uh, some, here's what you don't know about technical colleges. What what was the outcome? <laughs> the outcome was that a student the student went to a technical college. Really? Oh, you got one for the team. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. Do you do you know how he's doing? 
Um, he's doing really well. Oh, good, good, um, good. And it was really, uh, you know, it was a fit that um, it, it just made sense. And I think what happened is that, you know, as we talked about it more, a lot of that stigma was able to, to melt away. And, um, you know, what I found with a lot of my students at Lighthouse was we had a terrific uh, community College, Holyoke Community College, mm-hmm. and the next the next city over uh, Springfield had a uh, Springfield Technical and Community College. And I would often we would just do trips with our students. We'd set up at the, because we're small, we uh-huh. could do that sort of right. you know one or two or three kids at a time. And we'd set up an appointment. We knew the admissions folks there, and we'd bring them over. And I'll never forget um, one of my students who uh, who's in springfield technical community college right now taking him in and walking with him through the auto body shop yeah and we talked about it we looked on the website but being in there talking to current students and seeing them having these hands-on experiences you know the the desks for the class were in the auto body shop that's (laughs) too cool that is so great oh i love it and so you know i kind of want to ask this question so you got a win there you did this intervention where you where you uh confronted a stigma with some you know facts and reality and you know probably changed the pathway of a young person's life for the better which is just so cool um imagine that there were a room of parents like that and it was called it you were called upon to give the group uh, value proposition about why folks should um, uh, entertain technical and community colleges. What what would your pitch be? It, it, you know, it's it's multi pronged, right? First and foremost, for me, is you should not go into debt to get your degree. So you know, our college we're affordable, we're accessible, mm-hmm. we're open enrollment, right? So. You know the amount of, of course, this week is a you know big stories in the news about. Oh my goodness, scandal. aren't there? Right, <laughs> and I I I couldn't help but comment. It wasn't intended to be snarky, but you know, for less than the cost of what some of these bribes were, you could have completed multiple degrees at a two-year community technical college. Absolutely, um, for multiple people. I mean, for, and, for many, many people. Right? Yeah. So you're so, so you're that first prong is you don't need to go into debt, and then and then where do you go from there? So from there, you know, I think one of the things that stands out for me, particularly working with our our amazing faculty here at at Southeast, is the faculty that you get to work with at a community and technical college are there because they want to work with you, right? They're not there for fancy labs or research, which is not, again, not to put any of that down. Those are all critical things and have their place. Correct. However... For our students who are here, these faculty are here because they want to be working closely with our students. That's the core of what we do. We don't have, you know, we have some great facilities. We don't have multi-billion dollar facilities on our campus. But we have, we're working with industry, so we're meeting, you know, current and emerging industry standards. And so you're working hands-on with faculty who that is what they're committed to, is spending their time helping you to succeed and then connecting you in the community. I mean, and... What, what more can I say than that? Yeah, than well, that, I think you'd have parents flocking to you there, right? You know, you, you know, you probably had some of them with you don't need to go into debt. They're waiting for somebody to tell them that because, right, people are thinking, gosh, the the success of uh, of my kid is dependent upon this uh, this ginormous financial expenditure that I'm probably not prepared to make. And uh, so that would be one value proposition. But I think what you said about teaching is so key. 
for yeah. our institutions. And it's what Absolutely. we need to be telling. So look, Josiah, this has been a great conversation. I'm so glad that we connected on Twitter. And I really appreciate you working with us um, in this social media campaign to end the stigma against community and technical colleges. Well, Steve, it's, it's a pleasure. And I really appreciate the opportunity to chat about this because it's so important. Um, and we, you know, I, I feel strongly that we need to get this message out and, um, you know, what one last thing I'll add that I thought of because I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself the opportunity to add one third prong. Please do it. Which is that our schools are so um, well prepared to work with students from a variety of backgrounds. So here at Southeast, mm-hmm. you know, we have a number of students who are working, sometimes multiple jobs. Right. They have their own family or mm-hmm. children that they're taking care of. Yep. They have a parent they're taking care of. They have all sorts of circumstances are coming back to school to start a second career and and we are so well positioned to support that so to me this is you know these these things are the heart of why i want to be part of moving your great campaign forward um i should say our campaign it is ours totally ours yeah i could Um, i couldn't agree more because and and that was what attracted me to the sector by the way is not only do we have the ability to work with so many diverse types of students that's what makes these places amazing places yes. to be. I mean, I, I taught for a while at, um, at uh, a college that wasn't a community college. Um, and my first experience in a community college classroom literally changed my life. So I feel the same way as you. So I really appreciate you joining the conversation. Thank you, Steve. All right. Thanks, Josiah. I'm super happy to be talking to Danielle Hooven, who is a student here. Uh, what, what are you studying, Danielle? Uh, my major is computer programming. I'm also going for my uh, certificate in web design, and then I have a minor in engineering. Wow, that's a lot of stuff and very important in-demand fields. Thanks. So do you, tell me what you like about being a community college student. What do I like? I like... There's a lot of things that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess to know a little bit about my background, I am a non-traditional college student, so I'm returning to college after seven years, um, and so I'm a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I like about community college was that it was easier, to me, it was easier to go back to a community college than to go back to a university. Mm-hmm. To me, I felt like it was um, achievable to do an associate's degree and then go on. So that's what I really liked about, like, that's what the community college was able to offer. Mm -hmm. Um, So I like that. But now since I've been here, um, I like, I've noticed that it's really easy to interact with the faculty, that they're very approachable if if I'm having an issue. And this isn't just like my instructors, but like administrators as well, that um, it's easy to uh, get an appointment face-to-face, one-on-one, um, and get my problem solved, even if I have to go to like a few different people, I don't lose hope. Like I don't get distraught in the process of it all. That's really insightful because a lot of the national research is saying that's what makes people successful in college is that in that interpersonal one-on-one connection. And so what I'm hearing you say is you, you have that at a, as a community college student. Yeah, absolutely. I don't feel like I'm, I'm lost in the hustle. I don't feel like I'm, you know, in this huge crowd of people and I don't matter. Like I, I do feel like I am important here. Yeah. Well, yeah. you certainly are. So have you, <laughs> have you heard anything negative or um, kind of disrespectful said about community colleges? 
I don't think people necessarily come out and say anything disrespectful, um, but I do think that there is like negative connotations that go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think that there is like this underlying feeling that you know maybe on a on a resume that a community college may not look as uh, prestigious as you know a university. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I mean, I don't think I've heard anybody actually come out and say it. I just feel like maybe that's something uh, like a custom, like you grew, you grew up kind of knowing or like have this feeling that that's, you know, truth. But I, I don't actually think that it is at this point anymore. That's well, that's good to hear. So if there were a group of people who are considering going to college and you had the opportunity to tell them about community colleges, what would you say to them? Um, I would say that. It's a great idea, especially um, financially, that, you know, um, we're we're all worried about student loans in the end, and uh, this is a great way to get that education and spare yourself uh, all the debt in the end. And, oh, can I say something about adjunct professors? Please do. There are a lot of adjunct professors here that I'm I'm, I'm learning um, or that I'm, I'm realizing, and um, I'm actually quite amazed at the different experience because I, I went to UT before. Okay. Um, and I've noticed that with my adjunct professors, a lot of them are actually working in the industry. Um, so they're bringing a lot of like uh, up-to-date knowledge. They're really like, so my web design classes, I have this, um, can I say her name? I don't know if it Sure, has. go for so, it. So um, Cheryl Catlin is my instructor and I've had her for a few of these classes. And I'm just so amazed at the, the information that she's presenting and the way that she's going about teaching these lessons. It's non-traditional. She's sending us links to articles, to news, like, you know, really like up-to-date things that are happening and these uh, programs and these practices. And I'm just so amazed because I feel like it's so different than somebody who is not working in the field who's just teaching straight out of a textbook. She's saying, like, these are the skills you need. We're going to concentrate on this and, you know. Because when you're done, you're going to be out there ready to do it. And I really, I really appreciate that. I love that you brought that up because that is one of our great strengths is our adjunct faculty bring real world experiences into the classroom. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, look, thank you so much for talking to me, Daniel. This is a great conversation. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. I enjoyed it too. Well, I am super excited to be joined by one of my former colleagues, somebody I served on faculty with at a two-year college. It's Aaron Gullius, who's a history faculty member at Mott Community College in Flint, Michigan. Aaron, how are you, man? I'm doing well, Steve. How are you doing? I'm great, and I'm so happy to be talking to you, and I'm really glad that we've connected over Twitter on this social media campaign to push back on community college stigma. Could you tell me why this campaign matters to you as a, as a community college faculty member? Well, I think it matters to me as a community college faculty member in general, just because of the the pride I have in the work that community colleges all across the country and in Canada are are doing to to bring a greater degree of equity to higher education. But in particular, um, it it really spoke to me because uh, students from from Flint and uh, and and many you know similar communities in the Rust Belt, you know, more broadly have have sometimes some additional uh, some additional stigmas and, and hurdles to overcome. Um, you mentioned Flint, Michigan these days, and, and I, it's been a few years, and I still get asked at conferences, oh my gosh, can you drink the water? And, and so there are, there are there's, there's so many barriers in, in students' ways that 
um, that that misplaced snobbery and, and misapprehension and misunderstanding about what community colleges do and what they are is something that if we can if we can eliminate that barrier, you know, our students are, and our graduates are going to be in in that much better shape. Well, you know, I guess I didn't put that together because, of course, we worked together for so many years in Flint. If uh, if a community that understood uh, a a need to overcome stigma existed, it it, it could be Flint, Michigan, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and, and as we both know, there's so many vibrant, fantastic things happening in Genesee County and Flint, Michigan. So I'm delighted to be talking to you. So can you give me uh, an example or an anecdote of this community college stigma in practice? Like, have you seen it in your career? What, what does it look like? And tell me about that. I think, I think one of the ways I've seen it in you know, career-wise and in and sort of sort of academia is when I go to uh, to professional conferences that are focused on on you know dis- a discipline or a subject area and I won't specify any particular one um, because it's it's pretty consistent. There's very little um, there's very little little programming in the way of of teaching and learning stuff related to a particular dis- discipline be it be it history or, or cultural studies or or what have you there's a lot of very cutting edge you know theory and research and that's great and and it's fun to find ways to take cutting edge research in your field and work it into you know a lesson in your survey classroom but i think even though great strides have been made i think there's there's space for uh, for professional scholarly organizations to do more to integrate uh, people who teach at two-year institutions uh, into those organizations more fully. And while I appreciate sort of the the one-off initiatives that might take place here or there to to include us, it always sort of feels like, oh, they got a grant to do this, and so now they have to talk to us. And when this in- initiative is done, they will go back to ignoring us uh, so that that's one thing just on from a professional standpoint that i've that i've noticed and i found myself gravitating more toward more general teaching and learning conferences lately um rather than than subject specific conferences for for that reason well you know i uh, that that resonates with me from my time in the classroom as a community college professor it happened to me in my discipline too um so Wow, I mean, I, you're you're bringing all these memories back, and it also, it's a great segue to a question I wanted to ask you specifically. This is a question I haven't asked other folks because, you know, you and I we we taught in the same classrooms. We were we were colleagues for many years. So so here's a here's a question. You are very engaged in your field. You um, you're an historian. You love to teach, and your career trajectory could have sent you to a lot of kinds of post-secondary institutions. Um, but you chose to teach at the community college. What what do you like about being a community college academic? What I like about it is that I, I get the best of both worlds. I get to teach and be in the classroom and, and do survey classes. And I think survey classes are fun because I I personally have a, a very low sort of boredom threshold. And when I teach more specialized topics, even at the 200 level, I find myself thinking, uh, another week of medieval Europe or military history or something. And with world history, for example, it's always something different. And, um, you know, so I, I like doing survey classes. I, I like that 
that level. I like seeing students who know nothing about history and care nothing about history and finding some hook to get them interested. Uh, and from the, the, the scholarly side of it, so that's why I like teaching in a community college. From the scholarly side of it, I enjoy writing books and writing book reviews for journals and, and presenting at conferences without the, the feeling that that's what I'm being judged on professionally rather than my teaching. Because I enjoy the scholarly work, but it's, it's very much a, I'm extremely fortunate to be able to have time in my life to do this in addition to teaching rather than, you know, I want to write books and, and speak at places and the teaching is, is something I have to put up with. It's, it's sort of, I get the best of both of those things that I enjoy doing without one of them um, necessarily predominating or, or dominating the whole, the whole thing. I, I love that answer. So, so it's, it's, it, there's a both and for you, you get, yes. to, you get to focus yes. on teaching and when you're doing your research, it's not like at the expense of teaching or vice versa. The other thing I'd throw in there because I follow you on Twitter. So uh, am I right about this? One of the things, one of your research interests, one of the things you like to write about is not specifically something you could get published in a history journal. You're, you're interested in, um, in, in, uh, paranormal UFOs. You've got this great podcast, and uh, and it, it might be hard to have that as part of your research portfolio if you were at uh, a research university. But it's one of these cool things you get to do to follow your passion um, because of where you are. Yeah, that that's absolutely right. I mean, a, a lot of what I I have done in my writing is is. I mean, very interdisciplinary and but not interdisciplinary in a way that, you know, would necessarily might be, you know, what I would have been hired to do at a four year school, for example. And and so, you know, it's like, well, that's fun if you want to do that. But no, you know, it's sort of right. Be, well, and you're be, in charge. You have yeah, more. It, exactly. Isn't that paradoxical uh, from, from an outside perspective and somebody who used to be a faculty member now is an administrator. I look at your career and I'm like. You know, you don't you don't have a, a a dean or a tenure committee saying, yeah, no, that article doesn't count, or no, we're not going to look at that podcast. You you're in charge. Yeah, and and when I when I do something, whether it's edit a collection of primary sources, that's a very historyish sort of thing, but more of a a you know, I don't want to say commercial thing, but more of a a job type of thing um and or whether i'm doing a flying saucer history podcast or writing a book on conspiracy culture the response i get from my colleagues and and my my superiors at at mott is oh neat that's really cool do you want to come do a talk at the library not because it you know, is right so <laughs> because it, it really is and it, it's not like oh gosh i don't know if that's a good idea i'm not sure how that looks for your career and never anything like that um Aside from people, a few tinfoil hat jokes. <laughs> right. Well, and, and those are fun, too. Yes. So, But uh, I think people outside of our world might be surprised by that. that and, and here's the thing. If, if you're listening and you know a little bit about higher ed, you know, a, a community college academic who loves the classroom but has passions in learning and, 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 and speaking and writing and creating media, paradoxically could have more control over their uh, academic output than somebody who's in a publisher Paris track, don't you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and and you know we we need we need both. We need the I, I firmly believe we need the the dedicated scholars who are who are creating 
uh, who are creating new knowledge, you know, as their their primary uh, as their primary you know job and, and goal and 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 path. But I think there needs to be space for um, for, for for something a little more relaxed. Well, I'm, and I'm glad you said that because I'm, I'm very careful to not, you know, even though some of this is in opposition to what people understand about higher ed, this is not to say that the, that the standard re- research um, career where you're focused on one unified topic and, and, and building the literature in that field is wrong. We, you're right. We need that. And so it, this is a both and, not an either or. Yep. And, and so that's fascinating to me. So um, one more question. So you've been doing this for a long time. You're a great community college faculty member. Students love your classes. So imagine, in a little thought experiment here, imagine you have an assembled group of folks who are thinking about post-secondary. They're looking at what's next in terms of college. And you're kind of called upon to be the ambassador or the person who's going to speak up for a community college choice. What would you tell that group? I would tell them that whatever they want to do in higher ed and what or whatever they think they want to do or if they don't know what they want to do, whether you are undecided because your parents have said it's time for you to go to college or whether you have been downsized or your job no longer exists and you're looking for the next thing to do, no matter what you want or need to do in higher education, you can start at a community college. From from being a welder to being a physicist, you can you can do that starting at a community college. Um, it takes it takes planning, but so does going to a four year school. Um, it takes a lot of work, but so does going to a four year school. And the statistics show that if you start at a community college, you on average will be as or more successful than students who start at a four year school. So don't. Don't think that going to a community college limits your your dreams or your aspirations because it doesn't. No, it does not. That was very well put. Aaron, it is so wonderful to connect with you again. Absolutely. And I appreciate you spending time with me. And uh, let's stay connected out in, uh, in uh, social media and on Twitter. And uh, thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you. Well, that's it for episode one of the hashtag NCC Stigma podcast project. I hope you've enjoyed hearing the voices of our many allies who are working to end the stigma against community colleges through social media. Stay tuned for future episodes as we are producing three more segments with the same format during Community College Month. The podcast is produced, recorded, and engineered by yours truly, Steve Robinson, president of Owens Community College in Ohio. My Twitter handle is at OCC President. More information about our campaign can be found at our landing page at nccstigma.org. That's E-N-D-C-C-Stigma.org. The soundtrack was composed and performed by Scott Holmes of scottholmesmusic.com and is licensed through Creative Commons. Until next time, please push back against inaccurate and unfair characterizations of community and technical colleges in real time, wherever you are, and especially on social media. Use the hashtag NCCStigma to focus our efforts. Thanks for listening.